The sermon for the 16th Sunday after Pentecost is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Uh, the sermon is entitled, The Place of God. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And we know the story of Joseph being betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, being wrongfully accused and even jailed. The dominoes kept on falling for Joseph, all to the credit of his brothers. Years upon years, all piled up, yet it is Joseph who would forgive them. Now, if we were in his shoes, what would we have done? And we look at our uh, bulletin cover here today, and we see Joseph doing what? We see him comforting his brothers. After all that they have done to him, we see a tender and merciful picture of family forgiveness, one with one another. And there we see a picture of great peace. That is rooted in forgiveness. Again, if we were in his shoes, after all that the brothers had done to him, would we have the same picture? I mean, to be honest, I'm sure we would find ourselves clenching so tightly the bottle of resentment, wouldn't we? Joseph rising to power, and we in that position would say, oh, how much I have in store for you, right? This bottle full of anger, frustration, even vengeance. And rightfully so, as we, though we're not there yet in our seemingly never-ending study of Genesis, and we're still going to get there eventually. We see the story of Joseph. And if we are ever in his shoes in our lifetime, I think all of us would struggle if our brothers had done the same to us. The barriers would be raised, fortified by our own justifications, guarded by on what it seemed to be valid reasons for why this stalemate would ensue. Why this bottle of resentment would well be in our hands. You know, it is Joseph who throws that bottle against the wall. He breaks down the barrier. He tears down the fort and delivers the telling word to his brothers. He says, am I in the place of God. And that's our theme today in our sermon. What is the place of God? Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Peter said. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. 
Seventy times seven. We see the place of Peter seven. We see the place of God four hundred and ninety. This is the place of God. In other words, an incalculable amount in regards to how much we ought to forgive one another. Because seventy times seven shows us how God operates. The place of God is not seven. It's not limited to this number, but it is full of grace, seventy times seven, full of grace, full of forgiveness, and even more forgiveness. Abundant, this forgiveness is. Now, of course, Jesus is not saying to dismiss the law of God. This does not mean that God approves of our sin. This does not mean that we open the floodgates of permissiveness. No, but rather, when we sin and we sin against our brother or someone sins against us, sin. There we forgive them. And Jesus teaches in Luke twenty-four after he rose from the dead to preach repentance and forgiveness. And just as it reads in First John, if we confess our sins, as we very well know, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, when we confess our sins, when we repent, you are sure seventy times seven that Jesus forgives you of all your sins. There is no doubt, because this is the place of God. This is how God operates. Jesus teaches the disciples this very reality. You know how God operates is so profound. Think about it. You know we live in a merits-based system, and and to dwell upon God and His merits for us for free. How profound is that gift for free? Nothing you had to do for that. And here Jesus teaches. The disciples a, a very important lesson about forgiveness through the parable of the unforgiving servant. Of course, the unforgiving servant who owed the master ten thousand talents. Ten thousand talents is it's not an amount that anyone could pay back in one lifetime, in two lifetimes, not even in three lifetimes, not even in four. So the servant begged, "Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything." You know, the master very well knew that he couldn't pay it off, right? Even though he says, "Have patience with me," he he couldn't. It was impossible. Yet, out of pity for him, what does the master do? He forgave him of all the debt, all the debt, the impossible debt that this servant could not pay himself. Everything relied upon the compassion and mercy of the master. There was nothing this servant could do to relieve him from this debt that he needed to pay, but only the one who could pay outside of himself. This is the place of God. This is how He operates. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow, because everything flows from His merciful hand. Creation, redemption, sanctification—everything. 
And thus the servant, you would assume, would be thankful for all the benefits that were given to him. And when he discovered a fellow servant that was in debt, only owed a hundred denarii, which is a pitily amount compared to 10,000 talents. hundred denarii would be probably a hundred days of work. That's it. But what would unfold next is one of rage. Pay what you owe. He choked him and he put him into jail. No compassion, no mercy, no pity at all. Why? It all goes back to the question, am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? This is the tension of the text. You wicked servant, I forgave you of all your debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had had mercy on you? This is true. Indeed, we, we forgive because God forgave us. We love Because he first loved us. In other words, everything flows from him. The act of loving, the act of mercy, the act of sacrifice, the act of compassion, it all flows from the Lord. The act of forgiving, again, all flows from our God. Yet when someone sins against us, what is our first reaction? What is it? Sometimes it's of anger, frustration, resentment, sadness, maybe even revenge. Right? You know, when, our, when someone sins against us and they're in a very heavy problem, you say, huh, I'm not going to help you. Look what you did to me last time. Friends, how difficult it is to forgive one another. But why? Why is it so difficult to forgive? Because when someone sins against us, we tell ourselves they do not deserve our forgiveness. They do not deserve it. Now, the word deserve indicates what? It's all centered on merits, worthiness, Doing something to get something. A word that disregards grace, mercy, and compassion altogether. And so it was for the unforgiving servant. A fellow servant was in debt and based on that debt, well, the unforgiving servant said, he does not deserve forgiveness. He needs to pay. Deserve. He needs to pay. Am I in the place of God? Joseph asks. Yeah, we love to play God, don't we? Right? When we take the place of God, everything is turned upside down. When, it, when we play God, everything becomes conditional. When we play God, everything becomes about what do you deserve? What are your merits? Are you worth it? And we live in a world that lives in this reality, in this way of the unforgiven servant, the world that is 
living on that chopping block. Everyone is in front of the judge and jury, always casting stones, always causing division and hatred and strife with one another. Because this world is all about what have you done for me lately? We love to play God. Because when someone sins against us, oh, we're out there building. We're out there building a defense. We're out there building barriers, forts, justifications, reasons why we are shielding ourselves from them. They deserve nothing from me. Look what they did to me. And so caught up and justified we are in acting the way we do because we are busy playing God. Yet if we were in the place of God, let's say we were God, where would we be? Well, we would be in that place. Pay what you owe. Send him to jail. That's where we would be. There would be no compassion. There would be no mercy. There would be no answer. No one paying your debts. Am I in the place of God? Of course we are not. We know our place. 10,000 talents is our place. 10,000 talents that we can never pay back because it is impossible to pay for that amount. And that is of our sin. No amount of silver or gold, no amount of merits or works can save us from sin and the separation from God. Because we are beggars. And this is true. It is true as the unforgiving servant sent the fellow to jail. Well, because he deserved it, right? Well, we know also what we deserve. As we look in the mirror, we are humbled. Sin. Because of sin, what do we deserve? Nothing. This is our place. And thus we repent. We confess our sins. And there, 70 times 7 over, there we rest upon the abundance that is the grace of God. And our Lord's place is radical, it is eternally profound full of grace and truth, so full that from the place of God, yes, from what place that flows our forgiveness, there is our Lord who says to you, you are forgiven. The debt has been paid. I release you. Now go. You are absolved. This is your word. This is your God the very place to which he went to the cross for the forgiveness of all your sins. He settled the debt by paying the price by his very own blood. This is how God operates for you, 
the place of God to rescue you from sin and death. These are the realities that you cannot escape yourself. But rather, only by the hands of the merciful master, there you are forgiven, released from the gates of hell. Your accounts settled. Think about that. And in college, I had, I learned a lot about money in college, you know. I thought credit cards were free, Chris. They seem to be free. Took a while to pay those cards off when I was in college. But when I did, oof, how freeing it was. Dwelling upon that reality, we dwell upon God and his free gift to us. I didn't have to pay it back. He pays the debt. All those grueling hours of trying to pay back that debt myself. No, God does it for me. The burden has been lifted. You are answered and accounted for. This is the place of God, the cross. Nothing that you need to pay for. The blood that was shed for you. Justified. Christ and in Him crucified. Who suffered for you. Who took upon your shame to stand in your place. This is the place of God. Where death does not win. Where even one word fells and crushes the devil's head. Where the empty tomb proves that indeed you are forgiven and you are a child of God and you have everlasting life. This is the place of God and this is the word that you need to hear because it's his place for you. The place that shaped the very words of St. Paul in Romans chapter 14. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For as far as it is from the east and west, how vast that is, as it says in Psalm 103. Your sins are forgiven. Seventy times seven, your sins are forgiven. Not if, or I hope so, or maybe I think so, or I just don't know. I hope so. Cross my fingers, Lord. No. By his death and resurrection, your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.